This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. Get movie microscope. Today's episode is Firewall. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie, Microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata, and I'm your gracious host. Alongside me, the underground, underwater, full of sound, full of thoughter, as a daughter lives in slaughter. Justin Waddell, what's up, little guy? Oh, man, lives in slaughter, huh? Uh-huh. Just in time for Halloween, that line. How are you preparing? What are you wearing for Halloween, Nick? I have a costume I've built, a creepy one. Did you really put together a costume? I did. Is this something you do every I've year? Never, I haven't done it in many, 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 many moons. I just felt the urge, partially because I kind of just want to creep around. Yeah. And I want to creep around invisible to the modern man. So and this, this, this particular getup I have covers every inch of my fiber. All right, let's hear it. Let's hear about I it. I don't want to tell you. It's a surprise. And just in case That's I show up a... sitting at the mall next to you and you're like, whoa. So this, this is a costume, but it's going to be something that you can apply to your life after October 31st, it sounds like. Uh, it's a demonic force in a cloak. So yes. <laughs> yes. With a cane with a baby's head at the top of it. Is that? <laughs> just like everybody needs. Yeah, well, you got to have that. You're accessorizing, is that what you're saying? want people to know i mean business and they're like well sure. look at this short stocky individual chasing me around and like i am not filled with fear are you gonna open the door in that costume for to trick-or-treaters how do you what do you do on halloween night do you stay home and i'm usually the one yeah i'm usually the one sitting on the porch the kids are patrolling the neighborhood usually the golf cart is taking them around i see okay yeah, what about you well my daughter is getting to the age now where she's she's doing like a group costume with her friends and she's leaving oh, they're us. Doing human centipede again? Or? Oh my god! And then my son is distraught because he's used to trick or treating with her. So he he asked us today if he was going to have a a good Halloween. I said no. It's gonna <laughs> it's gonna be awful. But I uh, I'll take you over to my friend Nick's. He's dressing up as a demon with a baby head cane. Yeah, tell him. Just be glad, little guy, that Sammy Curry didn't show up. You know, Braves. Uh, your your boys, the Braves. Uh, it makes yeah. I am I am uh, I'm walking on a rainbow right now. Literally, I don't. Which is my you know. costume. That's that's my costume that I'm putting out there. I'm <laughs> man who walks on a rainbow. I got a rainbow towel. I glue it to my shoes. Nice. That's my costume. Also creepy. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, you're excited, huh? You were you're pretty thrilled. Yeah, I am very thrilled. I was it was a very stressful mm-hmm. few weeks for me with the team and I'm very happy with them and everything here is gravy. They defeated the enemy. They've moved on and uh yeah, I have nothing to complain about with baseball. 
So and nothing to complain food. about in the rest of the world. Everything's going just so good. <laughs> nothing weird happening in the world. No uh, division. It's good to see. We, we took a week off. Uh, you know, I feel a little bit out of step with uh, the other podcasts that have kept it chugging. But we took a vacation, like a break. Do you feel a little bit like you're kind of feeling your way back in? It wasn't a vacation, first of all. <laughs> a, vacation a vacation is something. Yeah. Yeah, something you enjoy, you know, that's therapeutic and rewarding. Yeah. I didn't feel mm-hmm. like I could catch my breath. It's been dog fuck. Well, you've been busy. I've been busy doing and what I love most, work. And you know what sucks is I watched this movie, I guess, two weeks ago now, and it's not exactly a movie that lingers on the palate. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> are you? Are you already slamming 2006's Firewall? Yeah, I might as well get into the grease, man. Let me just do a quick early zoom. You know, this movie took the name Firewall as its title, and every other movie just did a huge sigh and said, you mean we can't title ourselves Firewall? Are you serious? Yeah. They're so sad, you know? What a perfect title. Yeah, one that I forgot routinely throughout the past couple of weeks. It's a movie that we uh, watched, you know, apart from one another. I believe it's on HBO Max. Am I, I believe it is on HBO Max, just like it Dune. It's Dune and Firewall are your options on that streaming service. Uh, Did you find some commonalities? I know you watched Dune. Yep. Did you watch the new Halloween movie? No, that's not on, that's, it's not, it's not on HBO That's Max. on Peacock, I know. But I'm just saying, did you watch that? No. I'm just saying, did you find any commonalities to this one? Yeah. There's a scene where Harrison Ford unloads a giant worm on Paul Bettany's computer. Oh my god, you're right. Just like in Dune, someone gets killed by a blender in this. <laughs> Folks, it's a movie microscope. It's a show where we zoom in. Watch a film through mistreated, baggerly eyes and puke up the marrow until the buttons come. We swim nervously through the seas of tribal. We eat candy. We brick ourselves into chambers. We send snowflakes to the mirror. And we uh, caterwaul into each other's bodies, wondering when it ends, exasperated as we may be, discovering what makes or breaks, rotating into each other and deciding what uh, the listener and the viewer needs in silence. Share it with the likes of you. So if we were talking about Sunset, we would talk about the scene where James Garner vows to die two decades later on command, having worked with Bruce Willis. <laughs> talk about the little moments. And there's a ton of those bitches in this one. James Garner. R.I.P., sir. Yeah, he took the heat. I believe he died about two and a half decades after having to work with Bruce Willis, and I think that was not a coincidence. Well, he got his dying wish. Early. Do you remember that movie? It was like a really pretty poster. I kind of remember it. I think it was a, a little bit. I didn't see it. Well, why would you? It looks, it looks so dreadfully boring. Is Bruce Willis in a hat in that one? I'm sure. Uh, I think it's a period movie, like a private dick kind of thing. Maybe. Okay. And is Garner like an old detective, or is it Bruce Willis being the gumshoe? Uh, that's uh, that's a uh, that's something you'll have to find out on your own. What episode? <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> I don't know when I could do another Bruce Willis, baby. We have to do. I we have to do more, my man. I need proof of life when you're watching a Bruce Willis performance. At this point, I no, there are, he's life. in a lot of really wonderful movies, but man, I don't know if I can handle it. One word I would ap- apply to Bruce Willis, and I think many would agree: egoless. 
Yeah, egoless. Also, empathetic. <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> Harry. He was bald fairly early in his career, right? Like he went, he was, he was bald right away. Yeah. Is that true? I mean, moonlining, I mean, he, he had hair. He had a loose, loose hair and he had hair in Die Hard. And that's why I don't, I don't think they wait, should wait, count. Wait, let me pause it real quick. Is that our first Zoom? He had hair in Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> we need to fact check this one. Hold on. He had hair in in the three real Die Hard movies, and then I think he was bald in all the subsequent ones. Yeah. To me, that's a that's a huge mistake. You got to throw a realistic wig on that guy. He was one of those guys that got greedy with his wigs a little bit, just like Nick Cage. Like they kind of wait. They he demand- was in Harry Potter, right? Gr- greedy wig. They demanded hair, and then they demanded great, interesting hairstyle. Like it's but, like they overdid it, you know. And Nick Cage is, this, I think, especially he's like kind of the worst offender. But he's so I strange mean, that it kind of works. When I see some of those guys who are obviously bald with extravagant hair, I I, I kind of see the little bit like the gall, the gall of this guy. Who you think you're fooling? I don't. know. I mean, some. I think a lot of actors have less hair than you'd think. They don't go fully fully bald like they just they keep covering it up you know because oh, it's sure because that messes them up like it messes your career up a little bit so like for example i, I think harry connick jr is as, as bald as a dream but he's got the incredible i like how we were talking about actors and then you brought him into this how dare you he's he's been in plenty of movies he was in copycat and he was in memphis bell bald in both but you wouldn't know it i think uh i bet you at least one of the big marvel actors is bald as fuck for real. Who? I, I don't have a, a particular one in mind. I'm just thinking maybe it's hard. To, it's, it's hard to keep your hair. Let's just be honest. Let's put Not it out more, there. man. There's so much. You can't walk up like 10 feet without somebody trying to sell you some hair. Are you talking? Are you talking about keeps? Are you talking about get Roman? All these Facebook companies. Yeah, there's so many hair. Everybody's throwing hair at your body. I mean, my hair isn't it's not sticking around too well lately. And I get advertisements for keeps. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. How much is it? Is it the 4K version with Jurgen and Scott Glenn, or is it? <laughs> That'd be, That'd be awesome great. Could, That'd be so yeah. good if you you sign up for keeps, and you're sitting there rubbing your palms on a Monday morning, door doorbell goes off, and then sitting there is fucking, you know, F F Paul Wilson's tome, you know. <laughs> I mean, you could tape a DVD cover to your head for of keep the keep. What a great anyway, scam that would be, you know? What was the creature in that? What was it? it I, I know it was some ancient humanoid. Yeah, something like that. It was a, It was also tied to, like, Nazis, right? Well, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. I don't Nazis know, and creep- the occult. That's a that's a wonderful, wonderful movie and a wonderful story. It's a creeper. I mean, he was looking weird in there. And he had glowing red eyes. He did. He was amazing. I just remember it had a very be- weird sex scene. And I was really young when I saw it for the first time, and I was really crestfallen to think that that's what sex was like. Seriously? Yeah, because they're, they're it's like really bright lights, and Scott Glenn, they're like holding hands in a weird way. You know, any hand holding? Certainly not. I, I I like going straight for the uh, you know, straight to the act, straight to the jug. I remember uh, a big complaint I got, and when I was in college, our horrible RAs instead of being like you know nice. To us, they sucked, and they they did all sorts of weird shit. And then they held like a porno party in their in their room. You know, everybody gathered in, 
because, you know, everybody was curious. And I remember one of the RA's complaints was, man, this sucks. They like each other too much. In the, por- in the <laughs> porn? Yes. That That's probably like one of the least clicked categories on a porn site. People who like each other. <laughs> they like each other too much. I said, this is a weird critique of this movie. I'll be leaving now. I think earlier that day I had, you did a, my first time I did my first laundry at college and I shrunk everything I had brought. I didn't know how to do laundry. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Those memories, they're long ago, Nick, but this one's fresh. Firewall, have you seen it? Have you seen this movie before this assignment? You know, what's funny is I thought I had, and I have not. I had sort of a lucid dream when I saw the trailer for it because that little kid that plays Harrison Ford's son in this movie, the entire time I was watching Firewall, I was expecting him to do, to shoot a guy. He's in host- He's in, he's uh, in Hostage. Hostage, which mm-hmm. is with a, Bruce Willis, which is a good Bruce Willis movie that, you and I saw that together. That same kid is in and he mm-hmm. actually does better in that one. Yeah. That's the one where um, Kim Coates was the villain. We never see his face. You just hear his voice. His and he's voice very hateable. Him. Yeah. No, he's amazing. That <laughs> may have been one of the key Kim Coates love affair movies. That's when we started loving Kim Coates because, you know, he was already kind of rising to the top, but then we realized we liked him. And then we were, we had no idea he was in the movie and there's this hateable bad guy and it was Kim Coates and you never see his face. He's a so hood I, on the whole. I think, I think that this is way before Sons of Anarchy. So this is, oh yeah, way before. I think it was the combination of Waterworld, Black, Black Hawk Down and, and Hostage actually that ignited that love. And um, we also loved him from, what's the Costner movie? Waterworld. No, no, the other Costner movie, the Western with Duvall. Oh, Dragon. Should, open Range, Open Range. <laughs> open Range, he was fantastic in Open Range. Yeah. So hateable. Anyway. Yeah, so no, was- I, have, I have no relationship with Firewall, other than the fact that it may have been the first ever Harrison Ford movie that was in theaters that I didn't go see in theaters. So I saw this before we did it, and I, don't re- I didn't really remember too much about it. It's one of those movies, like I kind of remembered a little bit of the cast. I knew... That you know the the premise of the film, but I couldn't really remember anything, you except the end. It, I when Bettany's fate happens to him, I did remember that when I you know I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. There's it's not a very memorable movie, but I don't I think it's remind not, me. I hope you remind me what it was because I don't remember. remember I don't killed. remember. I don't remember how he dies. It involves a pickaxe. Oh, that's right. Anyway, so let's get started. Like, tell the the lovely folks about the cast of this movie. Why don't we kick off the cast first? This is a big cast. Harrison Ford. You want me to go through it? Harrison Ford. <laughs> Bob, Bob Forster's in it. Virginia Madsen. Yeah, she's in it. Paul Bettany. Uh, yeah, Mary Lynn Radscub. Alan Arkin. Alan Arkin, probably his uh, finest movie, his best work. And Robert Patrick in this. Bob Patrick playing Henry Zerny in this film. Vince Velouf. Vince Velouf killing it. Jamie Lannister. Well, I mean, Nicolaj Costo Aldao. Looking very handsome. You got in this. this other guy that looks just like Dave Matthews in it. Yep. Not Dave Matthews, though. Also an actor. You get those part-time. kids. Anyway, so it, the premise is that Harrison Ford plays a security officer of a, a bank or a banking group that's about, they're about to get bought out. And Harrison Ford, they want you to believe, has designed this whole security system, this incredible security system that, of course, no one can crack it. But these bad guys target him and his family to get him. They're going to take his family hostage and get him to crack into his own bank to steal all the monies. Yeah. In Seattle. That's where this takes place. mm -hmm. I remember it. And 
Yeah, in Seattle. And this movie, it rains a lot in this movie. It's like, has to be the wettest Harrison Ford movie since Blade Runner. I mean, I'm going to say it. I'm going to go on a limb. I think it's true. Mosquito Coast is up there, no? Does it rain a lot in Mosquito Coast? Six days, seven nights probably got some rain. Yeah, rain was in that. I wish. The actor? <laughs> First you call Harry Connick an actor, then you call Rain an actor. No, Ninja Assassin, right? He was in uh, Speed Racer, I think, and he was also in Ninja Assassin. Was that what that movie is called? Yeah. That's the movie where the ninjas whisper ninja as they're walking toward the... Because you know, they're, they're in the dark and they keep saying, Ninja. <laughs> it's you know, incredible. I, you know... Um, you know, I was I was watching that movie and I had one huge critique of it. They're they're too nice to each other. <laughs> that that line horrified me. I'm like, they're not nice enough. I'm gonna see all the pleasantries before this. Yeah. I want to see the table setting basically. I don't want to yeah. see just cut right to the action. Yeah. I guess they kissed. I guess that was his the the rule breaker for this guy. They like each other too much. Yeah, but he, he yeah yeah they just put a freaking magic bullet up her body. I mean, <laughs> like I said. So this movie, so Harrison Ford is married to Virginia Madsen in this movie, and they have a very loving relationship. They have two very young children. I mean, Virginia Madsen is younger than Harry Ford, but not. She is 19, 19 years younger than Harrison Ford. She's 20 years younger, but man, they had. He, Harrison Ford has a goddamn seven year old in this movie, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's hard to, 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 to believe. And he's he's going to work like he's like kid tired. You know, he's like, oh, man, these kids, you know, that was a bridge too far, actually, for me to buy him as somebody who actually cared about his kids. <laughs> I do. But, you know, Harrison Ford is married to a younger woman in real life, I guess. He's married to Calista Flockhart and they do have young children. Am I wrong? Do they have kids? I guess they do. I don't know. He was married to Melissa, Ma- Melissa Matheson before that. And uh, yeah, they're uh, very talented. Melissa Matheson, mm-hmm. they're very dead. She died. The writer of E.T., e. correct? Yeah, and which was among done, other things done on the movie Microscope, mm-hmm. and he the father of Chef Ben Ford, my Insta follow. You like him, huh? I do. Does he look like his dad? Not enough. You saw the they bumped be- Indiana. They bumped Indiana Jones an extra year. I know. I get worried, man. Is, is, get- are they? They're shooting it though. I mean, it's. Oh yeah, I just get worried. I just get mm. worried because why? Because Hank, man, Hank Ford, man, he's gonna be gone. He's going to be making movies. So he's like going to be like Clint, right? Mm-mm. But he'll be making good movies. Mm-mm. I didn't see. I didn't see Clint's new movie. I can't really rip it. Is it, is it good? Cry Macho. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's got a perfect name. So I'm sure it's great. <laughs> we don't want you don't watch it either. Huh? Now, is that the prequel or sequel to Cry Wolf? <laughs> you didn't risk the pandemic to go see Cry Macho. What kind of world is this? Oh, I would. Anyway. Risk- I would risk the pandemic for sure. This movie starts with some footage, like some like closed circuit footage or some spy cam footage of Harry Ford running across the street, holding a cup of coffee. We're getting glimpses of his life at home through windows. There's a pizza delivery uh, cam I, at one point. By the way, great reference to the computer, the windows. I mean, you're throwing oh, uh, yeah. subtext, man. Super zoom. Um, you see someone sifting through garbage, you know, uh, obviously videotaping themselves sifting through their, the, this couple's garbage, this family's garbage. Um, and so, you know, as an audience member, like, oh, man, trouble is a brewing. Someone is spying on this family and that outcome can't be good. 
and maybe you saw the trailer and you know that this family is soon going to be taken hostage by a, by a group of, of terrible, terrible bank robbers. Ne'er-do-wells, right? Mm-hmm. By the way, the movie lost me quick. Why? Because his son wears moccasins almost immediately in the movie. And? You don't you didn't love it, huh? Dealt me a serious haymaker. Here's where it lost me. You soon get to the family and you're introduced that this young kid is he's got this remote control car that he's, you know, navigating around the family's house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's annoying, right? And then it's it's breakfast time. Remote control bre- uh, car at breakfast time is a no-no. Anyway, so the daughter here, there's a son and a daughter. The daughter takes the hugest spoonful of cereal I've ever seen in a movie. I think it's probably a mistake. I think it's a probably a mistake by the actor. She then nibbles it because there's no way you can put that whole thing in your mouth. So instead of you know scooping out too much and then what you normally would do as a as a human being, you would just dump that back in. She actually just nibbled, took a third of the sp- <laughs> the spoonful. Well, obviously, she you made the IMDb trivia. She made, do, she made do with her choice, Nick. That's what I'm saying. Is she she went too big and then she didn't course correct. And I think it really tells you so much about her character. Do you agree? I disagree because on the IMDb <laughs> trivia, they explain that moment. <laughs> Richard Longcrane, the film's director, in, a, in in his early life, was a roadie for the Love and Spoonful. You know, what surprised me in the <laughs> backup footage was she had no spoon in her hand and there was no cereal bowl in front of her, all CGI. <laughs> so you're right. Maybe a mistake by the technicians, you know, by the, by the special effects crew. Um, but man, yeah, that, that's a huge spoonful of cereal. Have you, no, let's just take a pause here. Have you ever made a similar mistake? Never. I commit. You never put, I'm not talking just about cereal then. Have you ever taken a, just a huge forkful or spoonful of something that was too big to manage? Yeah, I actually got a tomahawk ribeye on a fork once and had to go deep dish, you know, go deep dive into that little guy. You think when they were talking to Henry Golding in the interview process, uh, they're like, CGI? And he's like, well, I prefer to do all my own stunts. And they're like, no, no, you CGI. I mean, otherwise, we don't want you to play snake eyes. Hungry Jack, though. There's a Hungry Jack Hungry Jack Pancakes box in this movie. Yeah, and then there's a... What's the Hungry Man Frozen Dinners come into play when the when the terrorists move in? I get the, the bank robbers move in. Hungry Jack, yeah, I noticed that, too. Is that something that you've... I'm, you've I gotta been... admit, I'm a Krusty's guy. Yeah? Krusty's with a K. That's my that's my powdered pancake mix. So you do... Real, do you make pancakes, or do you just I'm get a, the frozen I'm, shit? I'm a pancake machine. You love pancakes. I, huh? I do artwork for the kids. Yeah, I'll do like dr- dinosaurs and I'll do all sorts of stuff for them. Yeah. You make your own. Oh yeah, I gotta start doing that. Do you use a cast iron? My kids, my you- kids called me lazy though. Hmm. I'm like dishing out pancake after pancake. I'm like, what is that? I go, it's a uh, pearl from Blade. It's pearl from Blade. It's pearl from Blade. What? Oh, because that that was that's that's the only shape I could really do. Here's pearl from Blade. <laughs> Lamagra's coming. Get some syrup. You know, I mean, like. I'm a lazy father sometimes. Making Blade the movie themed pancakes. It was an unexpected, unexpected thing. I did not. You know what? I'm coming over. I would love Some to pearl. get if someone yeah. served me. Yeah. What was the who was the actress in it? In Blade? Sanaa Lathan? Yeah. No, no, no. It wasn't her. Some I other think, actress. Wesley Snipes? That. No, no, no. And Bushnay Wright, I think is her oh, name. Oh, yeah. She was in uh, Dead Presidents. Mm-hmm. But I think Sanaa Lathan was the mother at the beginning. Oh, she might have been. I was thinking. I just was thinking of the love interest. Was that her as the mom? Huh. I think. Yeah. But uh, I don't know who played Pearl. So, what do you think about the password for their security system? What is it? Lark. 
Oh, because it's their boat. They have a boat named the Lark or Lark. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. They have a yacht. I guess it's just a sailboat, right? It's a sailboat. Which is a, an inside joke because they're huge fans of Lar Park Lincoln from Fire 13 7. Or Lark Voorhees, that's which right. you think would be, but that's saved by the bell reference. Yeah. It's spelled differently. Voorhees. Yeah. So then, you know, you get to work and Harry Ford is, of course, you know, he's 75 or however old he was when he made this, you know, 70, 68. I don't know. And he's 50s. still killing it at work. He's No, he's not. In his, he's 2006. I mean, he's like 82 now, right? Isn't he? No. He's got to be 82. He doesn't look a day over all. How old is Harry Ford? Let's see it. He's 79 years young. I'm sorry. I was a mistake. I, I, I booted him up to 82. My fault. Mm-hmm. Speaking of booting up, he gets to work and he starts tappity tap tapping on a keyboard because one of the younger guys there is having a little problem with the security system. You know, Colin Harrison Ford, tech wizard, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Knows his way around the system. Yeah. And he says this line in his Harrison Ford voice. He says, because this guy's trying to, someone's trying to hack the system mm-hmm. and they got to run interference. I mean, that's, that's rule one. He says, let's try to rule change on him. See what he does. Put an IPS signature that black holes the pattern. And he's like, see if it slows him down. You know, in the Harrison Ford way. Mm-hmm. So unnatural <laughs> coming from Harrison Ford. Talking about black holing the pattern. You know. And that's what happened in Raiders too, right? He had dysentery. You know. I guess, I mean, maybe, I mean, he had some wild dialogue in the Star Wars film, so maybe he's used to this kind of tech speak, you know? But anyway, he shows this young gun how it's done. That's right. This guy is like, he's like looking at the screen. He's like, he can't make sense of it. It's like looking at hieroglyphics. He's like, this this man is a wizard, you know? So you know that Harrison Ford's got chops, like in this movie. You know his character, Jack Stanfield, has got chops. Yeah, Jack. Yeah, he jacks yeah. in. He jacks into the computer mm-hmm. quite a bit. So far, how many hackers have we had on the show? We've had, had Hugh Jackman. Yeah, the number one that everybody thinks of when you say the word the hacker. Who else? Have we had any other great computer programmers on this show? I mean, we probably have, but I can't. I mean, I can't. I can't zoom in that hard. I can't think back to our other shows. Uh, was Iceman? Was he a hack? Uh, let me see. I'm trying to think if there's any other computer programmers we've had. Maybe not. Harrison Ford's over here hitting the keyboard like he's a like a fucking pianist, Nick. He's tickling, tickling them plastic ivories. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He's a magician. But what's happening? What what's what's really going on here? They're selling the company, Nick. And Harrison Ford gets gets called in this meeting with um, his coworker, played by Robert Patrick, and his boss, Alan Arkin. There's like a merger. There's like some kind of sell off. I don't know what's going on. But Harrison Ford isn't really interested. He's he doesn't like that they're selling the company. He kind of wants to remain smaller. And so he's running kind of a foul of Robert Patrick, who wants to sell, sell, sell. I think Robert Patrick is part of the new regime, actually. Is he part of the new yeah. company? Forrester yeah. and Alan Arkin are the old regime, and Robert Patrick's part of the new blood that's coming in to tidy things up. Yeah, so he's supposed to work with Robert Patrick then to get the deal done, and, and he's being a gruff. He's being Harrison Ford. In this meeting that they have, I notice there's a gigantic fruit plate gigantic behind Robert Patrick that no one touches mm-hmm. and it looks extravagant. Like it looks like you're like looking at that fruit plate. It costs some money, but if you really look hard at that fruit plate, there's a lot of melon in there, Nick, a lot of melon. You know what that means? Tell me cheap <laughs> or expensive. And someone ripped you off. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. What do you want to see when you look at a fruit plate? Let me, let's just get it out there. I got to be honest. Melons. <laughs> well, you're in luck. 
you you don't have refined taste. You want to see strawberries. You want to see pineapple. You want to see some grapes thrown in there. Maybe some kiwi for God's sakes. You know, you want to you know throw a couple slim jims on it. Melon, you know, especially like cantaloupe. It's it's just you know that's just a letdown to me. Uh, put some passion fruit in there. That's a, that's a juice fest. What are you talking about? Cantaloupe's a juice fest. <laughs> you like melon like big time? Oh, big time, man! I'll do a honeydew. I'll yeah. do watermelon. Do some cantaloupe. Oh, it's a juice fest, man. You just let cut me it stop and... you. Did you did you hear me slam watermelon? Did you hear me speak ill of watermelon? No, watermelon was not on that plate. When I say melon and I say it like melon, I'm talking about cantaloupe. I'm talking about honeydew, and that's it's filler. It's filler fruit, Nick. <laughs> Literally the wonder, most passionate wonder, you've ever been on this show. I wonder if Harrison Ford so grumpy in this movie. Well, what happens next is that Harrison Ford, he's been hacked himself, Nick. Someone's run up a gambling debt on his credit card. He's done an online casino. Yeah. And he's this this guy has come to the office looking to collect 98 grand. And Harrison Ford said, I don't gamble. But I mean, so somebody messed around with his account, did a little did a little gambling and lost money. And so he's like, oh, whatever. You know, I don't by the way, great uh, addition to a slot machine. Melons. That's true. Yeah. Well, any fruit in a row is good. Well, cherry is the is the you know it's a, it's a cherry is the that's the low hanging like, fruit. That's a low hanging fruit. You get a cherry, you get a little of your money back. You know, like no matter what, if a cherry pops in, yeah, you're good. But you you want you want the same fruit across the board to get that get that real money. This is all set up. You know, this is kind of a bad day. There's this takeover at work. You know, Harrison Ford has a meeting with Robert Forster. They're meeting this this other guy that has a proposition. Proposition, but Harrison Ford wants to get home for pizza night. Mm-hmm. You know, that's he's looking at his watch, but he agrees to go with Robert Forster to this this di- early dinner, or I guess it's not even early. It's just a cocktails, dinner. cocktails, cocktails, and that's when you first meet the bet, the real baddie of this movie, Paul Bettany, posing yeah, as Richard Longcrane's muse. Really, yeah, they work together. Prior to this, yep, on Wimbledon. He also worked with Nikolai Kostu, whatever that guy's name is. They, awesome. He was also on Wimbledon. What did he play? A tennis. player? I think he played like a yeah, like the rival tennis player. I, he brought all his Wimbledon crew over here. He didn't bring Kirsten. She's in this. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. She voices the uh, <laughs> the AI. I don't. Know. <laughs> It'd be amazing if. So yeah, so Paul Bettany is uh, he meets them for a, a cocktail and they have a little uh, little biz and Harrison Ford's like, you know what? It's time for me to head home. Pizza and night's about to happen, but pizza night's not about to happen because pizza pizza night the doorbell rings at the as Harrison Ford's about to go home and pizza smash happens instead. The pizza delivery guy thro- he smashes the pizza into the person that answers the door, which I think is Virginia Madsen, and the bad guys they file in. Guns, guns drawn, and they gather up the family and you know throw them on the couch. So hor- or they and they think they hog tie him and all that stuff. It's a horrible scene. Harrison Ford doesn't know he's he's headed home, but guess who gets into his car before he's about to turn into traffic? Yep, Paul Bettany, Jay Connolly's man. He's married to Jay Connolly, and he says, uh, "I'm not really who I said I was. Instead, we're going home, and your family's in trubs." He's like, and Harry Ford's like, yeah, the best thing about this movie is that Harrison Ford, he's never really in a position where he's interesting. You know, he, he, uh, he's always like, he's Harrison Ford, 
So like yeah, his family at home, like with their with their guns to their heads, and he still like won't follow orders because he's Harrison Ford. He's too much of a man. Yeah. He's always looking to get out from under these baddies. Yeah, there are a bunch you know? of in- instances here where his family should have been killed. Yep. Just, just as 100%. an example as an example. There's an incredible thing that happens at the end that I, I cannot believe. Where he kills one of his own people it. instead. No, no, that wow. of course I believe that. <laughs> at the end, things are going bad or things are going right, and they take the family away and they take the dog with them they take the dog they don't kill anything <laughs> the dog who is annoying and barking all the time and then in fact there's a scene at the end when the dog barks so much that the the, the bank the, one of the bad guys goes enough and he takes and he lets the dog go he doesn't kill it which is great i'm glad they didn't kill it they should have killed everybody should have called this movie fire all because they sucked everybody sucked um, the bad guys move in. The bad guys are in there for a couple of days, and they bring in their hungry man, frozen dinners. They put them in the fridge. They stock up. There's some scenes where it feels like it's almost a sleepover, like everybody's just having a sleepover. Yeah, right. And then Andy, the kid, is kind of getting along with the with the the bank robbers. You know, one of them. The, I think the Dave Matthews guy. Yeah, the one of the bank robbers definitely definitely has sympathy for the family. And then Vince Valouf is sort of a hard ass. What is he known for? He's in a couple like oh, was it like Rat Racer? Out he's cold. in Rat Race. He was in Grind. Yeah. He's an American werewolf and werewolf in Paris. He was in a number of like just kind of movies that didn't do that well. And he was always kind of um, obnoxious in them. Um, and this so, one, yeah, he played yeah. like a real like mean, mean bad guy. It's funny because there's there's a lot of overlap here with this movie and some of Harrison Ford's other stuff. There's definitely a clear and present danger vibe to some of this because there's a lot of scenes in that movie that are action scenes that are based around people typing and stuff like that or right. trying to get into the system quicker. There is a action sequence about dictation in this movie where he's dictating yeah. into his phone or whatever and trying to get some action done. Well, yeah, he's <clears throat> the bad guys, of course, when he well, we'll, we'll talk about it. when he 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 gets home and his family's all tied up and they explain to him what's going to happen is that he's going to go back to work, break into a system and steal all these mon- this money. And um, if, he, and if he doesn't do it, they'll kill his family. And they, they have all these like surveillance techniques. They, they, they mic him with a pen, you know, so he, they, they like, they, I don't know if they have a camera aimed at his computer, so he can't really do anything tricky. He can't call the cops um, and all that stuff. But Harrison Ford keeps trying to, circumvent all this yeah they basically tell him what he's allowed to do and what he's not allowed to do and he immediately Mm -hmm. does what he's not allowed to do he he never over again he never listens to the rules and they never punish him for it and the only people that get punished are the are the bank robbers (laughs) like pell button takes all his anger out on the bank robbers his fellow crew yeah except at one point they do the kid of course the kid has a peanut allergy andy and at one point paul bettany gives him nuts ahoy cookies and uh, he he almost dies. So they do at some they do hurt Andy at one point, but they give him his epi, EpiPen, so he's okay. Anyway, so Harrison Ford goes back to work. He's got to do what does he have to do? Like put like a vir- virus. Oh, he's got to yeah. do a bunch. Of, he has a bunch of steps to complete, mm. and he's trying to figure out how he can contact the police and tell somebody, but he can't. And his and his secretary is Mary Lynn Radskov, who is a comedian, mm. delightful actress. Was in Twenty Four, Punch Drunk Love. Yeah, she's great, uh, and she's just in the Tomorrow War. Actually, was she in the Legend of Billie Jean, or she is that out before her time? I think it's before her time. But yeah, she definitely started as a comedian, 
comedic actor, but I think she might have been a comedian. Either. She's a stand-up t- too. And she's I like her in this movie. She plays Harrison Ford's secretary or his assistant, and they have a very f- kind of fun relationship. But at the end of the movie, he has to really depend on her. After he's been forced to fire her, Paul Bettany makes him fire her. She's got a cool um, medical droid mouth. I've ne- never been said. What does that mean? <laughs> What does that even mean? I mean, she's got her mouth reminds me of a Star Wars droid, and I like it. <laughs> well, that's a huge zoom and never <laughs> been said before on Earth. <laughs> yeah, and it's boring. Like, so I'm not saying this movie's bad. I this movie isn't great, but like I still was entertained when I watched it. Um, can I can I say it's bad then? You can't. Yeah, you can't. Okay, cool. I think he's actually really trying in this movie, and I, here's how I know he does this. He does this patented like Harrison Ford bumble, like klutz fighting. You know, he always does that. He always tries to make the fights real. He's always doing something where he's like, kind of like <laughs> hands splayed out toward the camera, googly eyed. Like he always is fighting weird in everything he's ever done. That's his trademark. Yeah. Like he'd be an amazing drunk fighter, like in a, in a martial arts movie. Okay. He's got the, he's got the technique, but do you know what I'm saying? Like he, yeah, he looks, he looks, you know, he looks confused all the time he, during fights. He goofy, he goofy fights. And it's just like, that's gotta be frustrating as a fellow actor. Cause you're always trying to look cool when you fight. You want to look cool as hell, but Harrison Ford throws out the window. I mean, he punches Gosling's you know, at one point in the end of the movie, he's getting his ass kicked and he's laying like on his stomach and Paul Bettany jumps on his butt <laughs> <laughs> with two feet. I mean, that is not a cool, <laughs> that's, that's, that's not an action star uh, go-to, is it? Hmm. This movie has very <laughs> weird interpretations on what action scenes are, though. There is a major action scene where they're on toilets. Yeah, that's true. Well, they're passing stuff in between the stalls, is that what yeah, you they're, mean? Yeah, they're all each on a toilet, mm-hmm. passing information, but that's that's a weird set piece. Not, not the only thing they're passing. Okay. Um <laughs> Do you, what do you think about Harrison Ford's huge iPod disc in this movie? Oh, it's amazing, but we're not there because we got to talk about like yeah, that's you're, incredible. You're right. We got to stick stick to this plot. Let's go. <laughs> well, Willie, at the first day back to work, Willie is the guy the the bank robber that's that's in a van that's like cameras ready, looking into Harrison oh, the, Ford's office, make, the making everything. Make, the guy who makes it. Okay, yeah. You just should have said the guy who makes it. He's making sure everything's going to plan that Harrison Ford's not getting out of line at work. And um, and he's not doing a great job because Harrison Ford is getting out of line. And at one point on the way home after the work, work day's over, Harrison Ford pulls over in and this tunnel. guy's tailing him. Yeah, in the tunnel. And he confronts the guy. And he's like, whatever this guy's paying you, I'll pay you more, all that stuff. So anyway, this guy screws up so bad, this fellow bank robber, that Paul Bettany then kills him in front of the family, in front of Virginia Mass and Harrison Ford, just to make sure that he... The Harrison Ford knows they mean business. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, that's one down on the bank robber crew. That's a that's he gave the family a gift. <laughs> He's like, if you fuck up more, there's going to be less of us. Do you hear this <laughs> message? <laughs> which which is which happens later. Yeah, it happens again. So Benny, we can Benny's like, please don't fuck this up, or I'm going to have to kill myself right in front of you. So the real thing is that he does he does. Um, give the kid peanuts and he almost dies. So then Harrison Ford's now in line and he's like, look, I can, I, I can, let's get to your MP3 player thing. He, he's got to figure out a, a, a hack. And Harrison Ford says, honey, I need to borrow your iPod, which is actually the real title of this film before they change it to firewall. 
He yeah. gets his daughter's iPad. Yeah. iPod. He uses the He's... iPod as a vessel of data transfer. He does. Which mm-hmm. is, I mean, you can, I mean, you could turn your iPod into a storage unit. That's real. Well, Paul and Bettany, then Paul Bettany, he's, he's like, I don't know about this. He's like, I don't know about this. And then Harrison Ford says, 10,000 songs, 10,000 account codes. It doesn't Makes know no the difference. difference. Yeah. Yeah. They make no difference. It's such a fucking um, huge diss. Some would say Steve like, Jobs, this was the last movie he saw before he, he passed. Well, he said, and the reason that he's doing all this is because something's gone wrong, gone wrong. Since they're switching companies, since this merger's happening, this wire transfer terminal uh, is, is no, that they needed to access is no longer at the bank or at their office. And so this is why Harrison Ford has to figure this impossibility out. He does so with this iPod. And he has a real tough time because he's trying to make room and he has to delete all his daughter's um, music. And he, he stumbles when he gets to Smash Mouth. He's like, I don't know if I can do it. You know, yeah. if I can do this. Did you hear the Smash Mouth singer had to quit the band? Yep, because he kept getting tra- trashed and, and saying mean things on stage and also being a part of an awful band. I mean, I think they can survive without him. I mean, you don't go to see this Smash Mouth to see the lead singer. You want to hear the rest of the band play those hits. So as, as featured in Shrek. I mean, when you go see Smash Mouth, you don't need to... St- go to see the most identifiable part of the band what that you don't want to see that you want to hear the bassist yep rumble through those hits anyway yeah he was a, he was he had some problems so he left the band oh by the way there's a there's a weird thing where the, it, the kid is supposed to they're, they're bored that andy's supposed to be playing and he's got all his games and toys on this table like he it's like all positioned on like the, the coffee table and if it was real i'm just gonna zoom in that toys would be everywhere people would be stepping on them Game board would be out, like Monopoly pieces would be strewn all about. You know, it's just like, he's a very tidy kid. Maybe set up some kind of fort on the coffee table. Maybe I'm reading it wrong. We get to see Robert Forrester shirtless in bed. We do. Nips and everything, I think. Yeah, we get to see his his teats. Both he and Alan Arkin are so misused or underused in this movie. Those are two legendary guys. And Arkin has nothing to do. Mm -hmm. But Forrester, not only does he have very little to do, but the way they kill him... Off screen, it's brutal. Is it brutal? Harrison Ford is is a witness to it. Sort of, he's in the closet, so they're giving you his POV. He can't really see what's happening, but you just know. Bettany is you befriended Force, so they're in some kind of business partnership. You think, and they kind of implicate Force. So they think you think minute, maybe that he's been minute, on this, yeah. yeah. But he's not. He's just been duped by this evil person, and then um, it's part of the plan. Bettany ad- ends up killing him. And so what, what's all what's happening here is the money gets transferred. Harrison Ford pulls it off and he gets home and his family's not there. And he's like, where are, where are they? And then he ends up killing one of the bad guys that's come to kill him. And so the whole plan is Harrison Ford's going to take this money. He finds out supposedly that his wife was cheating with Robert Forster. And then he goes and kills Robert Forster. And then what the big plan was, they were going to they were going to get away with the money, but they pinned it all on Ford and they were going to kill Ford and then he'll never be found. It's a very elaborate plan, but actually kind of good. Could have worked. No. Um, if Bettany didn't keep killing his guys. Well, that's the thing. It's like they set up Forster to be potentially a, a suspect in this thing, and immediately they kill him off. But then again, Bettany has no problem killing off his conspirators, so it just makes it that much weirder. By the way, again, Robert, Robert Forster, bald as a dream. Yeah, for sure. And never, never really, like, he talked about it. Uh, Nikolai Costa-Waldo, whatever, is actually pretty great in this movie. Yeah, I mean, he cuts a he's a he's a very handsome guy. And he has like this great line in this movie where the daughter was like, you hate us. He goes, I don't hate you. I just don't care about you. 
which is how I felt about everybody in this movie. There's a lot of like, so there's a, there's a chase scene when Robert Patrick thinks that Harrison Ford's up to something at work because he is, and he keeps almost catching him doing stuff. And anyway, there's lots of like, you know, Harrison Ford <laughs> inserting CD CDs into computers, like these action shots of, they can never get that right. That's, that's not cool. At least it's cooler now than it was. Watching a CD insert inserted yeah, in probably the most bored second ejected. unit in, in film history. Right. Things get pretty wacky soon though. Because once once Harrison Ford has to become a man of action, once they get the money, it's all about mm-hmm. Ford wanting to get his family back and also un un you know, Indian giving that money, like getting that money back out so he can use it as leverage. He starts sucking that money away. Oh, he does he does that, yeah. And then he it's like an hour and 10 minutes and they're done with Harrison Ford um, being bossed around by the baddies. He he's killed somebody at, he's killed somebody at this moment. And then he's, he's on a action mode. He from kills here on Nikolai. Out. They have a fight scene, a goofy fight scene. He ends up killing him with a blender. It's like a, like a solid piece of glass. He, he conks him over the head a couple of times with it. So here's where, here's where my notes start to kick into overdrive. Okay. There's this awful sequence where, Robert Patrick is a step behind him as he's fucking around in the building. Bettany's there too. And he's, that's when he's getting the money and yeah. it's, it's infuriating how, how annoying this kind of thing is. They're trying to make it suspenseful where Robert Patrick is pulling a Henry Zerny and he's always one step behind Harrison Ford during his shit. And of course, all Harrison Ford's doing is making himself look like a, a complete idiot in this whole sequence. Sure. Shortly thereafter, he climbs a building for no reason. You know, he goes into he breaks into Robert Forster's flat. But does he have to climb the building? Do we have to have an act, an action sequence like that in this movie? I don't really know. Yeah, so that that happens. There's also a scene we didn't talk about with the family where they start to escape. And um, do you remember this? And Harrison Ford sets it up with a remote control car that like is taking out this. The, the, oh, the, so bad. The, the cameras they have set up anyway. Um, but what I love about it, the, she tells the kids like, look, we got to pretend like we have to pretend we're asleep. Like, you know, I have to let's, and you know what that means when just read the script, pre- just read the script for a little bit. Do you know what it means when, they, when you pretend that you're asleep? Tell me you asleep, you fall asleep. There's what are you gonna? <laughs> how do you how do you pretend it? Yeah, you just fall asleep, right? I mean, right. And then someone's like, "Man, they're good. What a good sleep acting job." But really, fast forward. Yeah, he's scaling this building, gets into Robert Forster's apartment, and then hides in the closet as he witnesses Forster get shot in the head. I bet he leaves immediately. He does. That's part he comes of out plan, of the closet yeah. almost immediately after the gunshot. And he doesn't know what happened to his partner that is supposed to have killed Harrison Ford. He keeps trying to ring him on the cell phone, which Harrison Ford has. He kept it. Anyway, so yeah, all this stuff is locking into place. Harrison Ford's trying to track down his family. He needs help. He goes to his secretary. This uh, is a assistant. tough this is a tough scene. You think so? Talk about it. Why? Because so Harrison Ford knows that he can confide in her, even though he had to fire her based on Paul Bettany's instructions earlier in the movie. He goes to her house. Mm-hmm. He bashes the door down in her face. Then he gets on top she, of her and wraps his legs around her. Well, here's the thing. He fired her. She's pissed and he needs her help. And then she starts to close the door on him. But he doesn't have time to waste to explain. So he has to he has to do all this. And he's like, I'm not going to hurt you. You know, like, even though he's it's, got, it's, he's, 
he's got his it's legs weird. wrapped around her. Mm-hmm. If it felt strange to see this, to be honest, it's like he may that may that may be a bridge too far for Mister Four. He, grew, he does goofy stuff. He always does. He tries to keep it real, and like he was like an everyman, so he wants to be awkward at all times. You know, as Harrison Ford. So he says, you know, I'm going to wrap my whole body around you in this scene. Is that, you know, what's she going to say? Harrison Ford, I'd, I'd love it if somebody did that to me. Just kind of monkey scrambled on all over me. I'd be thrilled. It's like and a Miramax meeting. It? Yeah, it's nothing fancy. Yeah. But, you know, to her credit, she lets him uh, do it. And then she listens to it and decides to help him, which is. Uh, yeah, and he's like. It's a lot. He, he, it's a lot to take in. There's a cute scene, though. Yeah. Because their car, but they're good together. They're cute. They get into her old car, and and like she's she's driving until they had enough of that, and then Harrison Ford's driving. Well, not only that, but, he has to help her jump start the car. Mm-hmm, he it's does. Horrible. I'm first proud. But I remember she, this. Yeah, basically, all this stuff is they're trying to find out where the family is. They revealed the Harrison Ford reveals to the hostage hostages that or to Paul Bettany that he he the money is no longer there. That they they thought they had the millions that they had. He took back and he hid. And so they have to give him his family or he, he reverses it on them and they're super mad. And then Harrison Ford realizes when he's talking to the bad guys that he heard a dog barking and they have their dog with them. And thankfully they have pet nav 3000 because this dog kept running away. So they put it, they microchipped it and they can dial the dog up on an old GPS and figure out where the bad guys are. Oldest trick in the book. Old um, Pet for, Nav 3000, which I is for, the original title of this film. Yeah, I kept calling it Mainframe for some reason when I was tr- telling people about it. Yeah. I also called it, I think I called it Motherboard once as well. Why do they have to go get something from her uh, their other co-worker? I forgot what that's about. I remember that it's got the most miraculous scene in the movie, but why do they have to go bother this guy? So Harrison Ford, at one point at the office... He's under Paul Bettany's watching him and he's supposed to hack into some computers and he has to use this this guy's terminal, his computer, and his phone's there. And so Harrison Ford, as he's putting these codes in or as he's making this transfer, he actually just takes a picture. And his plan was to then take the camera with him, take the phone with him because he snapped this picture. Um, But he doesn't get the chance because I guess the phone rings or something. So he can't do it. Paul Bettany would be would see it. He's not supposed to have a phone on him. And um, so then he tells, you know, his assistant, we got to get that phone. There's a picture on it. And that's how we can reverse the money. And so they they find this guy. It's my it's my it's it's almost saved the movie for me, to be honest. He's playing a base at a church. The the idea that they they have to locate this character in the film, they could have made it anything. But what they did do was he is the bass player in a in a praise band at, in a church session, singing a song that goes, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And right. they interrupt. I love it when somebody interrupts a church service. That's like one of my, it's one of my buttons in a movie. They come up and she walks right up to him during his bass playing. And yeah, gets, well, they have time for uh, formalities. They, I mean, some, this, there's some serious shit happening, you know? So yeah, she has to walk right up. And she and the music to their credit keeps going. They just, it just lacks a bass at that point. Yeah, basically, you know, because he has to stop playing his instrument. Well, let's see this. Let's look up this actor. He's kind of a cutie. Was that in the soundtrack? Hit- that song. He was hitting on uh, the assistant the whole time. He kept sending her flowers, and she was she was trying to say, "Look, I'm not interested." You know, he 
and they make some sexual harassment joke about him too. What's his name? Do you do you know? Do you remember his name from this movie? I barely remember Harrison Ford's name in this movie. What is his name? Poor guy. I just feel bad for him. Like maybe his name is Matthew Curie Holmes, played Bobby. Sounds right. I think it is Bobby. He's a director now. He's been directing. And a writer? Yeah, good for him. What do you do after Firewall? Let's see. Oh, he was in wrong ter- turn too. So we're getting to the end of this movie. We're killing this. It's one of the best. And Harrison Ford, so he knows, like I said, like because of Pet Nav 3000, he knows where these bad guys are. And they're at, Paul Bettany has this, um, this cabin that he's taking the family to. You know, his, this is like a hideout that they're going to wait to figure out what to do next. You know, Harris, they, they kind of don't know what to do because Harrison Ford is kind of throwing them for a loop. But mm-hmm. Paul Bettany is still in the process of figuring it out when Harrison Ford drops onto the scene and all hell breaks loose. And the family also is like, they're trying to get away. So like the daughter escapes at one point and Harrison Ford runs over Vince Velouf. You know, it's all sorts of shit going on. It's it's special. Um, Paul Bettany kills like another guy. You know, it's just like at the end of what, what it culminates into this. There's a fight scene that breaks out between Paul Bettany and Harrison Ford that is pretty fun to watch. And then they, there's like a like work being done around this house, like because I guess they're, people are restoring it or something or um, updating it. I don't know. There's like a hole that Harrison Ford falls into. Luckily, there's a pickaxe in that hole. And he does this thing where Paul Bettany's behind him, grabbing him, and he takes his pickaxe and he just, I don't know, what do they do? Oh, he, he swings, swings it over his head. Yeah, and sticks him in swings the it backwards back. into yeah. Paul Bettany. And Paul Bettany goes, has this look on his face like, oh, yeah, it's the end of the movie, I guess. <laughs> I got to give the film credit for having the coolest mouth tape on the abduction, on the, on the abductees. Yeah, I agree with you. I like that mm-hmm. mouth tape, that skin sheer, flesh colored sure. mouth tape they put on the victims. That's pretty great. It's clear. Yeah. I don't know if it's flesh colored. It's clear mouth tape. It's flesh colored. What if it, it's flesh colored <sighs> on the flesh? Um, some really bad yeah. uh, poor man's process shots with the cars too. Some pretty bad car photography. Where one of my favorite things in this movie is they, like I said, they kick the dog out, and so then Harrison Ford they they find the dog and they have a shot of the dog and it looks so sad, like that it's like just kind of ambling around. Doesn't he leave it with <laughs> Mary Jane Rice? Yeah, of course. The dog looked all hang dog. He looks he looks <laughs> just depressed. It's amazing. It's a great performance. Um, do you know who the dog wrangler on this one was? You don't? No. You didn't look it up? No. What was the dog's name? Do you remember? I don't know. It was like a processor or something. Rusty. Yeah. Oh. I did write it down. Which was Harrison Ford's name in? I don't know what. Presumed Innocence. Yeah. Rusty really? Savage. Is that his name? Yeah. Scott Turow in this. He wrote that book. Rusty Savage, but it was short for Rozak. I think his real name was Rozak, but his name was Rusty. They're, they did a sequel to that one recently uh a book Scott Turow. i read it yeah yeah i read was it. it good yeah and rusty's still in it huh he's a star was he still getting his uh yeah yep yep he's still got some still weird shit his... going yep still got some weird shit going on so is he still getting his uh downloaded do you know what i'm talking yeah, about that's what got everybody in this super his, trouble yeah, he's getting he's scratching the skocky muscle and uh remember his wife's the one that killed they that's who he finds out at the end his wife she done did the deed and he covers it up. So yeah. like, what's the, what's the, the wife's the wife's in this one too. His uh-huh. kid, he's estranged from his kid or something to that effect. He's got mm-hmm. another piece that he's really close to 
stealing the deal with, and there's just some shit going on. It's it's very similar. Hmm. Uh, and uh, I believe they killed off Sandy Stern, Raul Julia's character. Or maybe they killed off one of them. And I don't think Lepranzer's in it, too. Lip, who was John Spencer in the movie. Yeah, that's right. Spencer. Yeah. Great movie. Is this over? Um, yeah, the cops arrive. The end. I don't know. I, I recommend. I rec- recommend seeing this one. It's a. It's a. It's a good time waster. Harrison Ford being Harrison Ford. It's fine. This is one of those kind of movies that happens to all these actors at a certain stage in their career when it's almost time to throw in the chips and be and, and sort of accept Father Time's decision and, and to do different kinds of roles. Mm-hmm. You look at Michael Douglas hit this with "Don't Say a Word" or whatever, and couple of those movies and and keaton did it with a couple of those movies costner they hit this wall man and, it's, and they do a a joyless thriller that just sucks but you can't it's the thing about harrison Ford. He's such a unique film movie star is like he can't it's to this one still is prestige like it's like you know with if it was costner if it was like like you said if it was those other guys like they, they, that's what it feels like. This one, it still feels like, well, we got to put this one in the theater. We got to get like an A list cast here. This came after Hollywood Homicide. All bets were off. Yeah. I never saw that. Well, why would you? Isn't you? Josh, isn't Josh Hartnett in it? I mean, is that a rhetorical question? <sighs> yeah, it was, shit. It was shit. I want to love this movie and I really, I, and I love Harrison. You want Ford. to love Firewall. You I don't want, have to, but I don't. I, 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 I don't. It's fine. It's not, but. You know, I'm glad we saw it because it's huge. It is good. I mean, I think this is one. I, I'm glad it's getting close to that creepy time of the year. It's getting Halloweeny. Everybody's getting like, what are the what's the scope going to do? What kind of crazy, scary movie are they going to serve up to us? Firewall. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to spoil my costume, but it's uh, it's Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. Look, hidden in the in the nooks and crannies of Seattle's fog-capped skyscape tattoo parlor, man. Roasted beans around the corner, needle zapping around the other corner. Time to get a tattoo from Firewall. What are you going to get? Getting Harrison Ford's work ID badge tattooed to my arm with his, you know, Jack Stanfield's picture, his his position at the company, which is tech wizard. But the best thing about it, Nick, and I don't know if you realize this, and I forgot to bring it up during the fight scene at the end, he is wearing his ID badge on his belt. <laughs> <laughs> he they thought to add that much realism to him, like he would. He'd just been at work. He wouldn't have time to remove his ID badge. That is a big one. He's fighting with a flapping piece of plastic hanging. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, that's incredible. I wonder if it's on one of those things. You ever have an ID badge that you can yeah, just have like a little line on it? And you yeah, go, of course. Zoop, yeah, of course. Zoop, you know, to get a little so make can, it convenient. Yeah, so you can go take a shit. Yeah. No, can you? <laughs> I mean, that's the only reason those wait. things exist is so you can go out and take a shit. What do they call that? It's on like a spool and you can, it's like you can yeah. yo-yo it out, aim it at the little thing get into the building and it just zoops back to your belt yep yeah maybe fuck the id badge i just get that little device tattooed me to to me <laughs> uh, whatever they call it that little piece of awesome what about you i've got his wide-eyed young son uh with duct tape on his mouth just uh right blazoned across my chest like just his scared looking son with the duct tape over his mouth looking at us all teary-eyed and I proudly walk the, walk the beach in the mornings. When I see somebody staring at it, I give a knowing wink. Saying, yep, that's right. Firewall. You know it, right? That's why you're looking at me? Because you love Firewall also? 
Why are you, are you on your phone? Why are you dying so fast on your phone? Are you going to tell your buddy? Can you believe this guy's got a matching firewall tattoo? It looks good, though. It's like photo be a tough one, dude. Yeah. Be a tough one to explain to the tattoo artiste. You know what I'm saying? How do you do with drawing clear tape over a boy's mouth? How do you do that? You guys have the right tools here? Because I'll take my business elsewhere. And the dude's like, uh, just look at the dozens of references on the wall. Literally... <laughs> This guy specializes in clear duct tape mouths. Yeah. Here's one of Ken Watanabe with duct tape on his mouth. Look at this over here across the way. I'll be goddamned. Sure, man. Is that Mick Fleetwood no, I... with some clear duct tape on his mouth? 100%. I wish. Speaking of balding. He's so got scraps. Star of Demolition Man, Mick Fleetwood. He is in that. He plays, uh, he, he acts with Dweezil Zappa, right? He's part of the resistance with Dennis yeah, Leary with and, the, and the whole gang, right? With Dweezil Zappa. Yeah, yeah, I know. By the way, Leary's part of the underground. I forgot. I think Leary's ahead of the underground. Did any, other than Frank, are all the Zappas still with us? Ahmed, Moon Unit, and Dweezil? Ahmed. Ahmed, yeah. And then uh, Moon Unit's still there. And there's another one. Dweezil. There's four, I think. There's, there's another one. There's Bug. Another, yeah, Bug. Lesser, no. Even lesser, no. Bug. Pencil shaving Zappa. There's not, I thought there was a fourth Moon Unit. Remember, she had a song, right? She was like a Valley Girl. What was her song? Yeah, I think you're right. She was cute. What was her? I met was pretty funny. I remember. He he was bald. I think Dweezil's bald now too. Actually, yeah, they have and Diva Zappa. That's the lesser known. That's the fourth one. I was right. Too much. I know too much about the Zappas. About the Zappa offspring. All right, go ahead. What's the next thing? Well, the first of all, Moon Unit. It's incredible. It's incredible. Memorable. I'm all for giving kids like kind of a, I mean, Moon Unit, it's a little bridge too far, but I, I like unique names. I, I don't know where Ahmet comes from either. Dweezil? I mean, Dweezil sounds like you're fucking with us. You know, Moon Unit sounds like you're fucking with us. Diva. I I, you add unit to anything and I love it though, you know? Yeah, he was, he didn't, he didn't um, deviate from the path once he got past Ahmet. What's the wife's name? Had, what was Frank's wife's name? I did know this at one point. Were you a Frank Zappa fan? Uh, Gail Zappa and then Keisha. He was married a couple. Um, Gail Zappa. Um, not really. No, I, I, I didn't. I mean, I, I'm sure I'd like his stuff. I never really got into it. What about you? I had a phase. I had a phase where I was really into his stuff. Yeah, uh, Alex Winter just did a documentary that I've been meaning to watch about Frank Zappa that I heard is pretty good. Films end. Credits rolled. But no, there's a little singer at the end, a little gift, a little extra scene. What happens? That's right. Yeah. It's a good question. Family, Thanks for asking it. Family's on a cruise. They're celebrating mm -hmm. victory, the merger, his name being cleared. They're getting a little tan. They're on the boat and all that and just living it up. And then they go back to the stateroom and the, the poor little boy is deceased. He's decedent. Yeah. Oh, God, really? And then in, clutching his little tiny fist was a uh, Star Wars action figure. Yeah. He had been biting. Oh, no. And then they look under on the foot of the action figure, and it says contains peanuts. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, he died. Oh, that's too bad. I'm so sorry to hear also it. Also on the cruise was Charles Schultz, and he shook his hand, so it could have been either one. So, <laughs> my sequel is um, Harrison. The next day, Harrison Ford calls Petnav three thousand, <laughs> and he says, "Guys, I just want to tell you." 
you saved my family's life. We used the service. We were able to track down the dog and the kidnappers. It's just like, he goes on and on and there's just silence. And uh, he's like, I can't. And he's like kind of confused because he expected them to be like celebrating with him. And he keeps kind of going on and on, just silence, silence. And then he's like, excuse me, are you still there? And he's like, yeah, we're still here. And they, the person on the other end sounds shook. And he's like, well, what's going on? I'm just giving total props to your company. He's like, sir, we never turned on the service. I don't know how in the... Harrison Ford hangs up and he's like, what? And he looks and he looks at the computer and it's Nick. There's an email from God. It says, you're welcome. God himself helped Harrison Ford. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's an email from God in there. Who is Weirdly, right, un- right above it, there's an email from the devil that says, you're welcome. Harrison Ford doesn't know what who to thank. These two entities are competing for credit on PetNav 3000. A fake. <laughs> Hey, Justin, who was the God Wrangler on this? And Harrison Ford just like slowly shuts the computer and he's like, you know what? I'll never know. Yeah. You know, but so that's it. I think that's a pretty good, maybe one of my best. Yeah. And when Harrison Ford carried that dog on the beach, there's only one set of footprints. And one set of paw prints, actually. Yeah. (laughs) So look, you're in the movie. You've been inserted into the running time of Firewall. Oh, okay. What shape does your performance take? That's a good question. It is. Just sitting here depressed that I've been inserted into this movie. I feel sick about it. You and me both. I'm a neighbor. Mm. I'm a neighbor. I'm seeing all the the people coming in, coming out. Pizza's not happening. Like all the stuff going on next door. And uh, I just, I'm on, I've taken a week off of vacation. And this bustling next door is really cramping my style. I've just Mm. bought Day of the Tentacle. And I'm getting that bitch installed on my computer. I'm so excited. I'm going to be playing that. Oh, wow. Yeah. The cows come home. Right. My computer is starting to act up a little bit. Every time he, he does that damn remote control car, my computer goes shitwire. And I'm furious. <laughs> That's right. And I'm losing I'm losing my shit. It keeps crashing. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm thinking so I call I first of all I call I call, you know, the homeowners association. Say so Stansfield's doing it again. He's fucking up. And they're like, I'm sorry, sir. You're he has seniority. He's a member of the board. Please try to make do. I call my job and say, Can I go back to work this vacation and cutting it? They're like, too late. Time's been granted. You can either burn it. Or you can just enjoy your vacation. So I'm lost there. I call Stansfield, never answers his phone. So I'm just really at a loss of what to do. Day of the Tentacle's not working. So I, I just slide. I, I go outside and I slide down the hill to my death. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, Virginia Mass, we, we, we didn't um, say this, but she's an architect in this movie. And she she um actually designed their house and the house is beautiful it's like very like it's such a incredible house like it's got a lot of glass one of the terror one of the bank robbers has has loves it thinks it's great i'm her boss i fire her (laughs) because i i see how much work she put into her own house and like she's giving me doodles for our shit She's put all her time into her house and making it incredible. And she, when, when I ask her to turn and work, she's giving me like stick figures in front of a, in front of like a box with a door and like, you know, one of those like two line making the roof. Yeah. And she actually had the gall to make a chimney with little curly cues of smoke coming out of it. <laughs> I'm like, you're supposed to design a fucking retro Arby's. What the, what is this? Yeah. You know, like we're behind. I'm like, looking at my watch. I'm like, you, you're, you're, you're putting too much energy into, into your house. So I fire, I happily fire her thrilled. Then I fi- I read the news that I see the news and I see what happens to her family. I saw what happens to her family. They barely escaped death. And I was like, like, I give a shit. She's the worst employee I ever had. <laughs> Tell you what though. It's good to know who's an architect 
Mm -hmm. just in case you're a dungeon master, you know, and you need somebody to help create maps and shit. Sure. Yeah. I'd move, I'd cozy up to that architect said, look, I need somebody to create some labyrinths and whatnot for me to send these, this crew through. She's like, yeah, I'm first in line. I'd be like at the bar and I'd be like, you guys hear about that family that almost died that got, they were in that kidnapping plot and they had to, you hear all that? I know that the wife, like, oh, really? Is she okay? I was like, I kind of don't fucking care if she's okay. I'd say what's not okay is her skill set at work. I fired her. Yeah. Last month. And I ain't rehiring her. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I can't wait till they invent LinkedIn so I can go on there and say she drew curly cues on the fireplace. <laughs> so, uh, look, you've been tasked with uh, doing your own sequel to Firewall. Money is escrowing all over the place. You got the budge. Sounds like you're talking about firewalls. <laughs> <laughs> the sequel to this film, huh? Yeah. Wow. So Paul Bettany plays Bill Cox in this. That's his name. Mm -hmm. And you know, in like Die Hard, what happens, right? Alan Ruck dies. Or I'm sorry, Alan. Alan what's his name? Rickman. Alan what? Rickman dies. And then the third one, his brother comes to seek revenge. Jeremy right? Irons, yeah. Maybe that's what we could do for this one. I could do Bill Cox's, maybe his sister, Debbie Cox comes to, you know, kidnap the family again and do get this kidnapping uh, plot off correctly, you know, and get the, you know, break into Harrison Ford's retired. So it's a little trouble. So they actually have to do a month long kidnapping plot where he has to apply for his old job and they have to force him to do well in the interview and make sure he gets back into the company's good graces. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'll never be able to explain it. I retired already. They gave me a package. Hey, work your magic. Get back. So it is like a, it's a month long kidnapping plot. You know, he they're they're coaching him on his interviewing skills. They're trying to give him the right. He's got an earpiece. You know, what I'm talking about. So that's a good one. Now it's your turn. Um, <laughs> he's a villain. Harrison Ford is the villain in the sequel. Yeah, he it's a horror movie. Oh, wow, it takes place about 20 years after the events of Firewall, and he's still got his chops and he's kept up, but he's long retired. But the lore of the uh, of the spotlight is too much, and he goes and succumbs, and you know the the web is taken over, and he finds finds his little niche, causes his own havoc. Um, so he what he does is he blackmails. He goes to media conglomerates and blackmails them. Oh my god! Yeah, so it's like and a he has to film. build a, a tr he builds gets into their shit and rehacks and all that. You know, he's like, you got a pretty cool site here, Wall Street Journal. Bang did he bang? Does his shit called paywall and he puts he goes in there and you know hollywood reporter oh you you get you get five articles a month boom paywall you suck go fuck yeah you uh suck mine did suck i will i will that's say his, that's his tagline it's his big send-off you suck like his, uh, you know, <laughs> it's like Freddie's got his line, you know, yeah. see, see you in your dreams or whatever his line was, you know, Harrison Ford. That was his line. I think see you in his dreams. I remember that as his catchphrase. <laughs> yeah. See you in your dreams. <laughs> he In his dreams, he's saying that he's in their dreams and he says, see you in your dreams. Never made much sense. But look, you've been tasked with greenlighting your own business related to Firewall. You got, you Not know, stupid. yeah, you dipped out. I'm doing the obvious. It's Seattle, you go to the suburbs, 
and there's a epic uh, man-made wonder of the world devoted to this film, Fire Mall. Yeah. And it's, you know, they got all the anchor stores you could want, Neiman Marcus, Mervyn's. <laughs> I'm showing my age. Um, <laughs> and uh, you go in there, and it is decked out with memorabilia props from this movie. The food court has all little cute references like, you know, cyber bites and all that kind of shit. It is completely populated with celebrity lookalikes from the movie and the real Vince Volupe. He hasn't really worked since this movie too much. He's kind of retired from acting, I guess. He hasn't worked for a long time. Mm -hmm. He's not that old. He's 50. Something happened to his career, poor guy. Not on Insta, I checked. Not on Twitter. I'd get like a Harrison Ford signature Alienware laptop. And so it's like from from Jack Jack Stanfield approved from Firewall Harrison Harrison Ford signature, and it's like that's on the cover. There's like you know how what's her face from the movie Marilyn had a she had a cool laptop with like stickers all over it and pink on it. She had like pink hair. She was kind of like she was like a cool like you know twenty something I guess in this or thirty young thirty something. But she was supposed to be kind of cool and hip. And she had that laptop and Harry's on that mm-hmm. doing his work. And so it's like, you know, like a $4,000, like extra beefed up security computer. And you open it, you buy it, you open it up. It just got in the middle of the desktop. just says free sell on it. That's it. Harrison Ford's favorite app. His favorite. Do you, are you a big free sell fan yourself? I don't even know how to play it. You never played free sell? It's, it's a shitty solitaire that I don't care about. At the end, if you get it right, though. All the cards is like cascade across the screen. It's neat. It happens in and, um, every solitaire. There was some talks. There was some talks with Harrison Ford. At, like they're like, can we stick like Minesweeper on this? And he got real angry. So he it's free sell only. The worst part is if you try to install programs on it, you can't. The only it just runs free sell only. I'm struggling. Here I think now. it'd be cool if you if you win that game. If you win free sell on that computer, you look up and Vincent D'Onofrio's naked body with hooks comes down and he jerks off onto you. That would be cool. Yeah. You're yeah. floating in Stanton Island. You've gathered debris from various films throughout the years, and today it's your turn to take something from Firewall. I might take a tossable Robert Patrick to my island. A tossable Robert Patrick? Yeah, because uh, Harrison Ford tosses him. I don't remember this. Mm-hmm. They get in a fight. Oh, in the parking lot or whatever? Parking deck? You just And they have to make Harrison Ford, because Robert Patrick is, you know, he's, he's like, it's formidable. But they got to let you know that Harrison Ford still got it. So he tosses Robert Patrick across the hood of a car, maybe even. I might take a tossable Robert Patrick. By the way, he's in that protege movie. And, uh, t- and? time is caught up with Robert Patrick. Is he tossable? I mean, it's up to you. Local boy. I'd say he'd be like, what am I doing here? I'm like, shut up. You're tossable. When I want to toss you, and it's going to sound gross, and that's not what I mean. When I, I want to toss you at things on my island, don't get weird ideas. Yeah. You're tossable. That's Nick's Island. If you're thinking weird, I'm taking a tossable Robert Patrick. That's cool. I'm taking I mean, I'm taking a tossable Virginia Madsen. But what I'm taking is I've got a very specific thing. So what I've done is I've built a pretty badass um, latex and rubber mold injection lab. Right. So what I do is I, I've I've taken Virginia Madsen as my she's my template. So what I do is I I have a daily I put her in a daily bath of rubber, uh, liquid rubber and, and uh, latex, gelatins God. and whatnot, dump her in there, and I get a perfect life cast of her. 
then what I do okay. is I, I I cut it in half and create a rudimentary armature that I build into it, trying to approximate Virginia Madsen's physiognomy. And I will create uh, airways and bladders that I could try to parse some blood through. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Why? And so I just basically each day I try to manufacture a more and more and more lifelike effigy of a lifeless but but membranous Virginia Madsen lookalike. And yeah. she's there as my life model. And then I just kind of look at her and look at my creation and modify and modify and modify. And, and I think that at some point in, in a future date, I will be able to really create a pretty badass version of her that uh, can pass for the real deal. Can you help me? Yeah. Look, ac- look across the water into my island. Uh-huh. I just, I tossed Robert Patrick into a tree stuck. <laughs> <laughs> Devastated. Yeah, your um, idea. And so let me just ask a few questions if you don't, don't mind. She's there. You're, is this a painful process? No, uh, I stick a, I stick a couple of hoses in all of her open holes to, so she could breathe and stuff, you know, cover him, cover her completely in a rubber, uh, a hot liquid rubber. And then as soon as it dries, I cut her out and, li- and leave her. She's able to go about her business. And, I, and then she I just mind, she doesn't mind this process. She has no, she's a, it's not like she's given a choice. This is her lot in life. She is now my body mold. And I, uh, I built things out of her, you know, I, you know, it's, it's, hey, you never talked about what you do with these, these, um, these clones, so to speak, quote unquote, dummy versions of her. You didn't, you, am I, is this implied? Like, what am I supposed to I, do I, with this? I discard them in a pile, uh, a, a pile that as the closer you get to the top, the more like Virginia Madsen they look. Yeah. The bottom of the pile, they're pretty bland. They're, they're pretty, you know, roughed over features, not a really good, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of little bits of, bits of plastics coming off and little bites, like just very strange. Some of the blood is, uh, on the outside mm-hmm. rather than the, it's just, you know, but as, as you, as the pile gets closer to the top, you start to see some features that are recognizable. And at the top, I'm getting close. It's like alien resurrection with the clone Ripley's. Yeah. It's kind of like the feel yeah. I'm getting from. So here. right now, mm-hmm. I mean, they still look like Mr. Bill at, at the stage I'm at. Sure. But we're getting there, you know, Put a lot of work into this. Yeah. Yeah. And the smell of rubber is intoxicating. You know the latex and the spirit gum and all that stuff is intoxicating as you get as you get near. Okay, and there's no end game for this. You're just trying to get the perfect version. I will keep working on it, and uh, eventually I'll be able to really bisect that thing and 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 have a a very good approximation of the insides of one Virginia Madsen. You know, right down to the cortexes and more, you know all that stuff that's going on in there. Oh, yeah. And at some point, I'm going to have to get an idea of what that really looks like. Before I can fake it, you know, that's a long, tough road, my friend. But here's 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 a great thing for you. I am able to launch via my my slingshot a loose Virginia Madsen up into that tree to help. I didn't want to ask to help dislodge a Robert Patrick. I didn't want to ask, but I appreciate it. Yeah, you're you're hitting him out of my that the tree with a a loose Virginia. I like the idea of Robert Patrick catching in the corner of his eye. A loose Virginia Madsen hurtling across the sea towards him. Yeah, it didn't work, and so there's several different just stuck up there with him, right? Incarnations, yeah. 
And it's like, maybe that's my Christmas tree at some point. You're just like, you know what? They ain't bad decorations, really. But hey, congratulations on uh, you know, all the work you're putting in over there. And then I ruined your Christmas because I fired because I, you know, I fired you over a little treat, and it lands right at your foot. And you're like, oh, thanks, a fucking honeydew, piece of shit. <laughs> time in a railway takes a hell of a lot longer I can't arrange my thoughts through a telescope and I can't count the mistakes I made and enough fingers in the city but I can't see what is ailing you Don't need a microscope Can't hear off to your dinner Make it happen Hey, you are to your dinner. 